and the word i bring tonight uh, may not be easy i'm going deep and those who have never heard me can you raise your never ever heard me preach can you raise your hand right i'll do my very best to help you through but i believe it is it will because it's a very powerful word everything i teach please believe me when i say this is from my own experience i do not teach from a learned theology i learn from an experienced theology that is based on the word of god because today theology is just another uh, phrase just another term for studying the bible but not really experiencing the god of the bible i rather allow the word of god to master me then i master the word and so if you pardon me for going here there and everywhere i can commence and so i want to start by saying to you that both savi and i and the children have gone through a very challenging year and if i get emotional as we get i think age is catching up <laughs> but the the challenges have been very 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 strong but never able to influence us because greater is he that is in us than he that is of the world and before the storm can hit us we hit it and we see that it doesn't harm us we will all go through storms we will all go through fires but we came out of it and this is what i would say as i've said to my son in law as i've said to my family the best ever year we have had we started with an amazing word from god and that's psalm 65:11 where he says that this year will drip with abundance uh we have had everything else but abundance <laughs> in the natural from an eternal perspective it has been more than abundance because we believe in a god who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us and so there were times and i'm being open with you i hope you don't mind there were times where and i i think i shared one of the experiences that i went through and that was near death where i honestly faced death and we had to be we were challenged the whole family was challenged with my dying almost but we came through we overcame it because even though we walked through the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil 
Because to us, the light is not at the end of the tunnel. The light is with us in the tunnel. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. Beloved, it's time to learn to live knowing that God's never absent. He's always present. And he's all, his, his presence. We, there are many, many people who live in the absence of God. And I'm not talking of those who don't know God. I'm talking of those who know God, who have walked with him. But they walk in the absence, ignorantly. And there were times where, beloved, I wouldn't have any money even to buy our medicines. And we would never borrow. Never. We rather ask if we can. And I know your pastor is such a dear man. But these were times where we couldn't even go to him. Because there was something that God, I knew, God was not allowing the problem to take place so that I may learn through it, but was using me to overcome the problem through it. And recently, my daughter got very angry with me. Now, my daughter works and she earns. And I could have gone to her and I could have asked her some money to buy my medicines. But I was learning something. And so I didn't. It's only when one day we were walking in the mall and something happened that she realized it was because I was not on my medication. But you know, even then, I was able to overcome it and not allow that influence that is outside me to get into me. Because I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. And I will not allow that which is outside to influence my body to the point of destroying it because my body is the temple of the living God. And why I'm sharing it, this, is because I'm going to take you to a scripture. You know, and this is why sometimes Christmas, uh, I don't know why people read passages of Christmas stories. Now, one of the things that I love, and I have already begun, I have 12 days of Christmas. How many of you have 12 days of Christmas? Have you heard that song? I have 12 days of Christmas beginning yesterday. And every day of those 12 days, I would take a passage of the Christmas story and I would meditate on it. 
amidst the other scriptures that I read. And it's a good, tremendous practice if it doesn't become religious. So I don't know why people only preach messages of Christmas on Christmas. And so before it becomes Christmas, I want to share one of the stories that I read this morning. And so you're getting something fresh. It's not a message that I practiced or prepared for yesterday. It's a message, oh no, it began yesterday. But it's a message that found its form and shape today as I read my Christmas story. But why do I say this? Because there is something that we have forgotten. And that is the powerful word that says, be it according to your word. Be it according to your word. I'm a father, a father of three and a grandfather of three. And the quality of my fatherhood is not known by my education, by what I know, but the way my love is seen in my children. Please understand this. The quality of fatherhood is known by the love that is seen in my children. And one of the things that, as a father, I am committed to do is to see that they are never in want. Hello? That they are never in want. And none of our children have ever been in want. You can ask them. They had some of the best schools to attend to when we still had hardly any finances with us, but because my Heavenly Father provides for us, they attended the best. We never diminish our walk in life because of our lack or want. Why? Because our Father in Heaven will never allow me to be the father on earth who cannot look after his children. You don't understand that. The quality of my fatherhood, therefore the quality of our father in heaven is visible only through his children. And that is why that's a huge responsibility. That we who call ourselves sons of God, children of God, have a responsibility of not reflecting but emanating. A big difference. The sun emanates, the moon reflects. What do I mean by that? The ray of the sun cannot be disconnected from the sun itself. You do not talk, when, when there is a heat wave, you do not talk of the sun, you talk of the heat. What causes that heat? 
the sun, but we don't talk of the sun, the rays, that which streams down to us. The moment you separate the ray from the sun, you have disassociated it and it dissolves. So you and I are not reflecting his glory and character. We are emanating his glory and character. So you with me? And it says that you who is talking to a certain group of people, not to you, but Jesus said, you who are evil. He's not talking to us. So you who are not God, the Father. Let me put it that way. You who are not God the Father, if you know how to give your children good things, how much more will your heavenly Father give you? And so the quality of the God we believe in, his fatherhood, is emanated or seen through his sons. And Jesus Christ came to reveal that. He came to show us this is the relationship that you need to have with the Father. I only see what my Father do. I only speak what I hear my Father speak. Hello. Are you hearing me? And too long the church has been uh, just, you know, begging. Too long the church has been walking like a haggard old woman. Jesus is not coming for a haggard, wrinkled woman. He's coming for a glorious bride. Without spot or wrinkle. Now you ladies who go before the mirror and you look at your face and see how many spots and wrinkles you have and try to, you know. If you're taking so much of care over your body, how much more is he taking care of his body? He is coming for a mature, glorious body, a bride. He's not coming for a widow to give us some comfort in the time of her trouble and take her away when everyone on earth is having tribulation. He is coming for a glorious bride. I'm not talking about the theology of his coming. That's not what I'm saying. But he certainly is going to manifest himself and reveal himself. So now why am I, why am I saying this? And listen to me very carefully. And I am, as, I, as, as Pastor John, and thank you very much for that introduction. Um, yes, I have begun to become a, I, I have been a life coach, but I have not been able to practice it because of the connections I had with the sponsor that I was under. So I was pastoring. I was still pastor. But now I move into this phase of life coaching. And next month, I will be launching it. Woo! 
So yes, I'm a businessman in that sense because I'm on my own investor's visa and all of that. This is God. Can you believe it when we had nothing? When we had nothing, I was telling you about the finances, right? We had nothing. We had absolutely nothing. But we were able to get what was necessary. We were provided with what was necessary to get all the finances in order to raise up the investor's visa. And one of the things is that I never ask God for money. If ever I do, I will ask a friend or Pastor John or somebody, but never God. Because in the Bible, I am not being taught to ask him for money. Not once does Paul ask God for money, but he asks the church. Are you with me? So we were able to raise this amount and thank God we got our visas and everything is fine and we are ready to launch. And so as a life coach, I've learned the difference between, a, you know, I've, I've learned so much and during the challenging times, God revealed to me four phases of a, not F-A-C-E-S, that's in Revelations. But I've learned four psychical phases. And one of the things that I've learned is that life is not linear. You know what linear is? Straight and onwards and all of that. Life is a cycle. And within this psychical Life, there are four faces. Are you ready to hear it? And then I will read the scriptures and then we'll see where we end. The first face, or the first, is what is known as the victim, victimized face, or the victim face. Now, the victim phase has this kind of statements constantly going. Life, all these things are happening to me. Why is it happening to me? Why only me? And so it's an, a to me. When you look at life and this person who is standing here in this cycle, in this phase, is looking at life and saying, ah, this is happening to me. That is happening to me. And from there, it leads to what is known as the blame game. I'm talking of Christians, okay? I'm talking of the church. How, how, this, how there are people within our family who think like this. Not my personal family, but I'm talking to the church as a family. Why only me? Why didn't I get a promotion? Why did he get a promotion? I should have got it. When I was working for a hotel industry, and I was the purchasing officer for three hotels, 
three very good hotels in Dubai and Sharjah. My driver was earning more than me. The only difference between the driver and me was I was wearing a tie and I had a huge desk. But when it came to salary, he earned more than me. So the victim will grumble. The victim will complain. The victim will find fault with the system. Why is the pastor only pastoring that person and not me? Why did the pastor pick that person and not me? Am I not talented enough? That's the victim. So I would ask the question, how come I am doing the bulk of the work? I am doing the bulk of the work and my driver is getting more than me, double my salary? You know, God has this beautiful way of patience with his children. So he waited and waited and waited and one day he got me. And he very gently said, son, why don't you reverse the position? Would you have spoken like this if you were on his side and he was on your side? Would you have ever questioned why is he getting less than me? Hello? Am I with you? Are you with me? Are we connecting? It's fault finding. It's blame the game. Huh? Blame game. It's always the victim spirit. Even I'm not going there too much. But to me. Hashtag to me. <laughs> I think y'all are y'all are very good at that. <laughs> hashtag this, hashtag that. I'm getting there. I never had a Facebook in my life. My mentor, my mentor says, you get a Facebook, otherwise you are going to. I've never done, inst what do you call this? Uh, I, no, no, not Instagram. I, 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 I didn't even know what I, I used to say. I've never had a boggle. It's a blog. So I went to my daughter and I said that. I said, you know, how do I do this boggle? She asked the same question. What's a boggle? And so I had to refer what my, men my mentor was saying. Oh, blog. Okay. So now I'm learning hashtag. Okay. So hashtag to me. Okay. Leave that there. Put it on the shelf. Now, you know, I explained a little bit too much also on the victim spirit, on that face. But you got it? Yeah. Sadly, many Christians are there. Now, as life goes through and they're, they're learning, 
they come to the next phase. We come to the next phase. And I have been there. And I maybe still am there. And this is hashtag for me. I, I've, I've got a little mature now. So I'm coming out of the all things are happening to me because I'm now maturing in Christ. So I'm learning that all things happen for me. Well, the difference is I'm beginning to see it from a different perspective, but the spirit is the same. It's still selfish. Because as long as it happens for me, mm, as the British say, paka. It's paka. That's okay. Because it's happening for me. And man, I've got the scriptures also. All things are working together. Come on. Together for my good. And now, my walk here, and this is where I've been for a long time until God began to show me certain things. My walk is a walk of faith. Pretty good. It's a good one. It's a good place to be in. It's much better than the to me and the why me. What have I ever done to deserve even one of the I've Tell me, Lord, what? Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm ways. So it's far better to come to for me. My God is working for me. For my good. For my good. And so I begin what is known as the faith confession walk. And I speak the scriptures. Now, please, believe me, I've been here. I've taught this. We need to confess. We need to decree. We need to declare. We need to affirm the word of God. But again, we are using the word of God for me. And so we are, we are saying, great is he that is in me than he that is of the world. And so all the confessions come now. Are you understanding that? And, and the word is now become the main weapon for me to use in order for me to stabilize myself. And, and you know, but then inside, the peace is not there. There's no peace. My God shall supply all my needs. But there's no peace. Are, are you understanding this? But it's a faith walk. It's a confession walk. A confession of the word of God. And nothing wrong. Nothing is impossible. But everything is seemingly impossible. But nothing is impossible. With God all things are possible. And I am. It's almost like deceiving myself. In this walk. And, and most of us are here. It, I'm not, I'm not, it's a good place. A faith walk is a good place. 
and using the word of God as a faith walk, as we look at the scriptures, is a good place. So now very quickly I'll go through the next two phases and then come back to the third phase. What's the third phase? This is a great place to be in. That things are happening through me. From me. Great place to be in. And I'll come back to it. So let me go to the fourth phase where we all need to move towards in this cycle of life. And it's called, you know what it's called? The spirit consciousness. The spirit consciousness phase. Where all things are happening as me. As me. From me and as me. Now this is a place where hardly, there, there are only a few people who have understood this faith. And I'm just beginning to just uh, scratch the surface. But that is where we need to be. Where whatever happens is happening as and from me. Now the blame game, we even blame God, yeah? Why did God let this happen? And then we equate God with the devil. Why is the devil letting it happen? So if not God, then the devil. Now we come to the next phase. What is that phase? For me. Now the devil is definitely not going to work for me. But we even sing this song, no? About, he turns it for our good. He turns it for our good. For his glory. Even when the enemy means for evil. So now the enemy is meaning it for evil. But God turns it for our good. Hello. We sang a song just now. I, I need you to sometimes listen to songs, yeah? We, song a, we sang a song there, and it says, Borrowed Breath. I don't know what that song was, but it had that statement, Borrowed Breath. And I found myself difficult to sing that, because I, I want to sing truth. I don't live on borrowed breath. I live on his breath. And his breath is not borrowed. His breath has been given as a gift. I learned this recently from, um, from a, I think it was some friend of mine who sent it to me, about the word I am, the name I am. You see, the Jews never pronounced Because there were no bubbles. There were all consonants. It's in order to make things easy and yet complicated and therefore theological, they put in the bubbles. And so. But when the Jews spoke God's name, 
There were two things he couldn't do. Hello? One, he couldn't speak the name. Neither could he use his tongue. So what I learned was, and it was so magnificently explained, and if you just listen to it, so he would, he couldn't close his mouth when he spoke, neither could he use his tongue to pronounce the name. So you know how they spoke that name. Are you ready? What are they doing? The first thing that a child does is breathe. The last thing that a man does before he dies is breathe. Are you understanding? So when we look at the scriptures and when we look at this whole thing about tunes, Breath, we sang that, borrowed breath. No, there is no such thing as borrowed breath. Please explain the song to me and correct me if there is a need to. But I personally don't believe I'm living on borrowed breath, neither on second wind. I'm living on eternal breath. And that breath has been given to me. He breathed into me his life. Now his life is in me, right? For the life that I now live by the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2.20, I live by his faith, the life that is in me. So where is this life? In me. There is no other life that is in me but his life. And the moment I received him into my life, he is in me. But before he came and now I'm emanating him. How? And this is what it means to be spiritual. Let me give you an example. You know, it's very easy for anybody to help the poor, right? That's not an issue. Anybody outside Christ also can help the poor. Now we are involved in a mission back in Sri Lanka. And we are serving the poorest of the poor, 32 children every year get an opportunity to learn. And they pay nothing. Their clothes, their books, their food twice a day, everything. The poorest of the poor in a village. And I can still say, well, hmm, it's okay. Anyone can do that. There are many, many schools like that. But then, I need to understand that this is not me. It is the life in me. Because John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him was, and the life was the? So his life in me is the light. His life in me is emanating as the light. So I'm not doing a good work. I'm simply emanating his light. And his light has life. 
Are you with me? Are you understanding this? Turn to Galatians chapter 6. I want you to see this, right? Where it says what it means to be spiritual. You cannot be spiritual unless the spirit is in you. And it says, if any one of you, if any brother is caught in trespass, right? Yes or no? The word trespass there doesn't mean sin. If anyone is caught in a failure, in a mistake, it says, you who are spiritual. Now this is important, beloved, to understand. He's not asking people who are non-spiritual. And when you are in a failure, when, and, and we all go through this cycle of failure. When you are in a situation of failure, please don't seek out someone who is non-spiritual. Our problem is we are always looking for someone to cry on. Yeah? The crying shoulder. Oh, it's crying time again. <laughs> You're going to leave me. And so, yeah, I can see. And, and we think it's a wonderful song. I used to sing it at parties, yeah. And, and on who is this person crying on? Someone else who's got a crying shoulder. Someone else who's broken. And birds of a feather? So the sad ones go to be with the migrating birds. They migrate and vibrate together. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? So you who are spiritual, in other words, the person who is Helping is not helping because the person is sympathetic towards the cause. The person is helping because out of his life comes the help. Who is that help? The Holy Spirit. Are you with me? You who are spiritual should learn to do what? Come on. I'm not reading the word right now. You're looking at it. So don't look at me. Restore, not revive. Restore, that means bring that person to the original position. Don't sympathize and give a crying shoulder and help that person to say, I feel nice. I feel good. Everybody today is wanting to feel good. There are feel-good churches. They're called motivational churches. They're only motivating, motivating, motivating. But the one who is listening is getting mutilated. No, I'm not joking. Because the person listens to it and says, Wow, what a teaching. Motivation. And then leaves the place 
and within one hour gets mutilated, gets back to the place. Restoration. And that's why I believe that what God is doing today is not revival. He's doing restoration. He is restoring his people back to their original place. That's the meaning of restoration. Bringing them back to their, that to whom they belong. Where did I come from? I came from God. Can I have three people please come forward? Yeah, one, two, three. Doesn't matter. Come, come. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You, you decide who you want to be. <laughs> Father, Son, okay, Holy Spirit. Right, right, come here, come here. Right, now. Put your hands like this, turn around, turn around, turn around. Oh, lovely. Right, hold each other. Now can I have a sinner? <laughs> going, going, going. Okay. Now listen, right? First of all, there are no sinners. There are no sinners. Please remember that. Right. Now turn around, sir, so that they can see. Now, can you see this? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are connected to each other. They are united and they are one. Am I prophesying something? I don't know. They're just doing something. Like <laughs> really, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. You did not come from your mother's womb. Your mother's womb was simply a vehicle through which you came. So here are you. You are within the triune God. Your origin is the triune God. From the beginning. You were from the beginning in God. Got it? Now, when you're born, Come on, come on out. Come on out. Yeah! You came from God. And you're going to God. With God. In God. Are you with me? So your origin is and that is why it says not born in John chapter 1. It says not born of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. Are you with me? So now because you are born from God. Hello, are you listening? All that you are is God. Amen. Wow. Amen. 
and the restoration that came with Jesus Christ through redemption is to bring you back into God. And now your life is hid with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3. And in him you live and move and have your being. Acts 17, 28. Are, are you understanding this? So everything, that is why you can never, his presence is inexhaustible. Is inescapable. Where can I go from your presence, Lord? Psalm 139. Everybody say, be it according to your word. Be it according to your word. So everything of me is from God, of God, and is moving to God. And that message is never taught. Why? Because we are teaching a very selfish gospel of salvation. What is that? Be saved and go to heaven. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you are coming to Jesus, raise your hand. Now, nothing wrong with that. As long as there is an understanding from where you're coming. But, but when we give an altar call, a gospel call, it is not to come to God. It is, yes, come to Jesus in order that you may save yourself from going to hell. And get to heaven. Are you with me? I hope you're with me. And why is this? Because we want to escape the victim spirit. And come into that area of all things happening for me. Is that okay? Cleared? Right. Now come to the Bible. All this time it has been the Bible. But let's look at a few scriptures. Are you okay? Am I okay for time with you? You're getting two messages. You got one on communion and now you're getting another. Right, Luke chapter 1. Christmas story. The one I read today. And I have 12 more days to go. On the first day of Christmas, my true love showed me. Luke chapter 1. Beginning from verse 26. Okay. First let me say this. I have every honor for Mother Mary. And I will never disrespect this lady. If there's a Catholic here, Please know that I'm more Catholic than you. I admire her. I adore her. But I don't worship her. And the highest honor you can give anyone is to place that person in the place where that person needs to be. Not bring down or lift up. Where it is. And Mary is one of them. An amazing 
You know, we, we talk about Abraham, we talk about all these heroes of faith, but we, these, these podians are not there. We hardly speak of Joseph, yeah? The earthly father. Man, this guy heard God more than you and I have. He had dreams and visions of angels. When was the last time you and I had a, were guided by angels, were guided by the voice of God? This guy is only heard in a few places. But watch his life of obedience. Are you with me? And as you read the, the Christmas stories, this will come out. And so here comes Mary. I mean, you know, there is that, I call it that arrogant song. Mary, did you know? One of the most arrogant songs. Please don't send that song to me. <laughs> I'll return to sender. Address full no. Right. Are you there? Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, and, and don't read it, please, with all great love and joy for the passion. Don't read it from the passion because it doesn't give you the passion that it should give you. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was. Now listen. And having come, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. You see, when you look from an eternal perspective, Favor is not when things, after things happen to you. Favor is even before it happens. Or oh, you must be having some favor of God to get this car. Yeah, Maria? But she will know favor even before it happens. If you read Isaiah 54, you see the same thing. It says, the barren woman shall rejoice. Because great shall be, more children will be added to her than the one who has children. Rejoice. So rejoice. We are to rejoice even before things happen to us. Or even before it happens for us. Because there are things that are going to happen through us. Are you with me? Are you understanding this? So rejoice. Hail. Who is saying this? An angel. Highly favored. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The next part is not there. <laughs> now listen. Are you ready for this? 
there is no difference with all honor to this highly favored awesome adorable woman of god the mother of my lord not the mother of my god but the mother of my lord there is no difference between you and her why because you are highly favored but you need to increase in this favor do you know that jesus increased in the favor of god and man now if he had the need to increase in the favor of god and man how much more should you and i so this word called favor needs to be redefined through an eternal perspective if anything is defined from an outside of eternity and outside of an eternal perspective it will fall to pieces are you with me look at how god looks at people and you will see that he is looking from the eyes of eternity he sees the end from the beginning so he doesn't matter about failure how many times did abraham fail but he's called the father of father of faith how many times did david fail but he's a, he's called the man of my own heart and i will show you something as we go through what favor this man had but when she saw him she was was 29 troubled obviously at this saying yeah <laughs> favor is like gideon mighty man of god well anybody else here no no you you gideon you no no i'm hiding in the treasure i'm afraid i'm no no but you're a mighty man of god do not insult god by diminishing yourself what god has called clean let no man call unclean do not call yourself unworthy because you're the most highly favored most worthy person hello are you with me and you'll begin to know this when you begin to realize that now i have stepped in to the sphere of things are going to happen through me not even for me but through me now watch this are you walking with me on this right the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have second time found favor with god she's not even born again she's not even born again nice debatable but believe me no one could be have been born again until the death and resurrection of jesus christ right now watch this and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the lord god will give him the throne of his father right let's go on 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end and Mary said to the angel how can this be how can this be since i know not a man and the angel said to her the holy spirit will come upon you the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore the that holy one who is born will be called the son of god now listen to this first he's called the son of david now he's called the son of god i want to explain that to you you know why he's called the son of david because god was not ashamed to say that my son will be called after this man who is after my heart he's the son of man but he's the son of god and as the son of man he's known as the son of david and i'm not ashamed to let it happen because david is a man after my own heart and the highest way that i can show him that he's a man after my heart is to let my son be called by his name the highest honor that god gives you is to be called by the name of his son see beloved we are, we are not just ordinary people we are extraordinary people we have been made extraordinary so now no longer are we ordinary are you with me yes. now watch this okay walk with me on this so he comes and he says this and obviously she doesn't know the holy spirit is going to come upon you naturally and spiritually and supernaturally it is time that the church learns to live in both in the natural and the supernatural and understand that they are one and the same and therefore naturally i'm supernaturally i'm supernatural and supernaturally i'm natural i cannot separate the two the moment i separate the two beloved then all things are going to happen to me or they're going to happen for me but when i begin to believe that i and my father are one in christ jesus then things will happen through me before it happens as me and so it had to happen to mary jesus had to come through mary that which is born of god comes through you amen amen hello are you are you understanding you are an incarnation of god and how you walk on this earth you did not come to walk in history you came to make history is this okay is this okay is it too much is it going now you know why i'm bald because the word is so quick and powerful sharper than any two edged sword and it went above my head and cut everything 
Is it okay? Do you still love me? Now listen to this. Are you with me? Now we're going to learn happening through, right? So Mary recognizes this. But listen, beloved. Highly favored one. What? Husband is about to divorce. She is stuck with a scandal. And when the baby is born, uh, Herod's about to kill. Highly favored? Is this sounding like favor? <laughs> about to be divorced? Carrying the scandal of the birth of an illegitimate child? Hello? Is this favor? Define favor through the eternal perspective of God's word. Come on. Come on. And not through your experience and understanding. This is happening to me because I'm out of favor. I'm out of favor with the boss. I'm out of favor with the wife. So I'm getting saltless food because... Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Pastor. Why, it's happening to you. This guy is superb. I love him, honestly. I love him because he is a man who takes risks. I love people who take risks. I don't love those, you know, I don't like these people who are, let me test it. Let me check it. And then we go, tick. And no wonder we go, <laughs> Right, let's get back. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is a supernatural work of God, beloved. Our birth is a supernatural work of God. And we were supernaturally born from above. And now we've been brought through. We are brought from. And then the angel says, for with God, nothing. So gives, a, gives an example of Elizabeth and then says, for with God, nothing will be. Now I'm going to define that. You know what nothing means? No, no. <laughs> There's meaning to that. It's two words in the Greek. No and thing. And the word no means without power. The word thing is from the word rhema. Okay? So, nothing will be impossible. The word impossible means powerless, weak. Now I'm going to interpret the word for you. Rema means fresh from the word. Fresh from the word. Can you go down to verse 38? Do you see the word word there? 
That's also Rema. Go back and you can study. The word thing is Rema. So no Rema. In other words, no fresh word from God will come without power to be performed. No fresh word from God will come without power to perform. When God gives you a word, beloved, He alone will perform it. Amen. That is why you and I get stuck. I had a word from God, but it's not happening. Was it fresh? Was it fresh? Is it still fresh? Are you with me? The church needs to hear fresh. Fresh. Not stale. Hello? Why is the word stale? Because it is eating stale food. So what will it produce? Stale. The manna was given every day. So every day we are to be renewed in our inner man. Every day, beloved. No, we want once a week. Or twice a week, now that you go for life group as well. And then you go and you hear somebody else's. Nothing wrong with that. But is it fresh? Is it coming out with the fresh word that revives, that, that restores? It has to restore, bring you back. Do you know how you know it is fresh? Because it will take you back to your origins. Now all this time God has been speaking to me and he's saying, I'm taking you back. And he's shown me, and, and every day I camp in this verse of scripture. What is it? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But here's the fresh word with because in there it says, as I was with my servant Moses, so I will be with you. Now here's the fresh word to me as I read that. As I was with my son, so I will be with you. Only be thou strong and of a good courage. Why? Why? Because in my weakness, I might go back to unworthiness and say, oh, like your son? No, Lord. Have you heard those people? You sang well. No, it's all Jesus. <laughs> you did well. You spoke well. No, it's Jesus. Hide me behind the cross. Man, I want to see you. I've seen the cross. I want to see you now. You spoke well. Please, learn this. Are you ready? Learn to receive honor. Not flattery. 
learn to receive honor because what else can you give God but the honor that he's given you Amen. there is nothing that you can give God except what he has given you and me so when I receive honor so people tell me this you know when I go to them and I say wow you did well you spoke so well <laughs> Jesus Sometimes I want to be nasty with them <laughs> and say to them, well, if it was Jesus, there would have been creative works. Because when Jesus speaks, he creates. Yeah, no, but you did well. I didn't say you create. I know it's Jesus. Hey, stop this false humility. When you're being told you've done well, say, thank you very much. And then when you go before him, say, Father, what was given to me, I give you. Yeah. Then you walk, listen now, then you walk not in detachment. You walk in non-attachment. Detachment is when you detach yourself. Non-attachment is that you have no attraction for it. It's not attractive to you. Are you with me? This is not to boast. I, had a, I have plenty of watchers. But I'm not, I'm non-attached to any of them. So when the time came... I always knew this, that one day it's going to come. Because all that God gives me is his. It's time for me to give him. Are you with me? So when the time came and I heard the voice saying, give it all away, I gave all my watches. No, sorry, I kept three. I gave all my watches. I don't know what else he's going to ask me. Now why can I give my watches? And not, no one asked me. They just said something like, wow, what a watch. And I hear the spirit. That if I now I hide my watches, can you see? Are you understanding? That is non-attachment. It's not that I'm detached from it. If I'm detached from it, I won't wear it. I'm non-attached to anything. Because when the time comes, yeah, we say, this is my car. Well, you better go and read my car then. Jonah, my car, Nehu. This is my car. Well, no, it's not your car. It was given to you for stewardship. That's right. That's right. He is the owner. We are the stewards. Right. When the time comes, beloved, because we are non-attached to these things, yeah. we just release it. Yeah. And we say, I have found a true love, dear. So you go now. Not to my wife, but to these things. 
Others sing that, please release me, let me go. There are plenty of that also going in the church. Plenty of that going on in the church, more than in the world. The please release me, let me go. <laughs> but here we are, beloved. She is saying, finally, why does she say, let it be? And it's not actually let it be, but it is be unto me according to your rhema. According to your fresh word. In other words, I recognize that this impossibility, that is, I can't, you can. Now come, work through me. I'm ready. Here I am, Lord. It's called surrender. It's called yielding. Not a passive, fatalistic yielding. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and become everybody's doormat. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not everybody's doormat. Meekness is strength under control. And I yield to that which is able to perform what has been said. So Isaiah chapter 55 verse, from verse 8 says that no word will return to him. But will accomplish the purpose for which it went forth. Hello. And this was spoken in Genesis chapter 3. The seed of the woman. And it took so long and yet it happened because nothing will happen without his power. That's grace, beloved. Grace is not the license to do anything you want. Grace, here's a new definition, right? You have also heard what he just said. Grace is the ability I'm giving, yeah, that's also true. Now listen to this new definition. Grace is the opportunity to let God do what he wants. Grace is the opportunity to let God do as his, he has said. And that's why Jesus came to show us. Now, when I allow God to do as he has said, then it's not I, but him. But yet, it is as I am. So now it operates through the fourth sphere. What's the fourth sphere? Yes, through me, but now as me. So when I'm walking on the road, my shadow heals. Are you getting it? When I see somebody crippled, I say, look at me. That's what happened, right, in Acts chapter 3? Yeah. Look at me. I don't have silver and gold. I don't have the things that men have. But I have what God has. And all that I am is God. And once the church begins to rise in this, then, beloved, we will see restoration. We don't need revival. Revival is a pleading for that which has already happened. Jesus did not ask us to pray for the harvest. He asked us to pray for the laborers. Because the harvest is already there. But there aren't laborers to go and bring them in. 
And so we need restoration of leadership back to where it belongs in the Holy Spirit so that it will be not by might nor by power but by His Spirit. So everything that we do is not from us now but as us. And that's why he prayed, Father, make them one just as we are one. That the world may see, uh-uh, that the world may see you have sent your son. Because as I walk, I'm walking as a son of God. Because creation longs for the what? Manifestation of the sons of God. And if I am a son of God, then I'm walking as God, in the power of God. My incarnation on this earth is to make history, not to repeat history. Christmas is about making history. Hello. Now don't give me that look as, what is this? Align yourself. You know, so many people say, Neil, don't use that word. That is cult word, alignment. Hey, I don't mind being called a cult. Come on. I'm already called a cult. So I might as well use the word. But it actually means to be positioned for function. So when I align myself with God's word, I am positioning myself for what? Functionality. I'm positioning myself for functionality. Whose function? Not me. His. Yeah, he's looking for a body. The body of Christ. And we are there to teach and preach until we all come into the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Nothing else. As we all come into the unity of the faith. Unity is a gift, beloved. You should not pray for unity. There are too many people praying, Lord, please unite us. As if it's a humble prayer. No, 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 no. Unity is a gift to be unwrapped and used for the glory of God. When I learn, when I learn, and this is what I do when I take communion. I practice this when I take communion. Today I took communion in, in visual. Yeah, I took communion here physically, but I do the same thing, physically or visually. I do it every day visually. And here's one thing I do, of all the other things. I pray because I know by his blood, he has made us one. And he has given me access. The middle wall of partition is broken. And he has made peace. So the broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ gives me that knowledge to pray and say, Father, I bless the ones who scandalize me. I bless the ones who are against me. I bless the ones who speak evil of me. May they be blessed even more than I am. You know why? 
Because that's the prayer of the Father. That's the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless them that, come on, persecute you. Pray for them who? No, we are in the victim spirit. No? Mm. Let it be according to how he said it. Mm. Let it return on his own head. And I'm heaping coal upon his head. Beloved, are we ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to surrender? Not passively, but you're surrendering Everything, I want you to take, right now, I want you to take the worst case scenario. Something that's not happening. You've been praying and praying and praying and nothing's happening. You're praying for breakthrough, no breakthrough, only breaking. <laughs> Everything is breaking. No breakthrough. You know why no breakthrough? Why are you praying for a breakthrough when he has already broken in for you? I want a breakthrough in my finances. Hey, no. Please work a little harder. Don't sit on your haunches and say, Father. Ayo. <laughs> No need to fast till breakthrough comes. It has already come in the cross and the resurrection. Amen. He broke into this earth. He broke out of the tomb. He's now resurrected, seated at the right hand of God the Father, given you power and authority to do the same. Amen. Now it's not the time for us to cry, <laughs> Abba, Father. If it is your will. Now's the time to say, I walk in your will. Amen. And get ready to take risks. Now I'm not going to say to you, take your a million dollars and invest in my company. You want to do that? Welcome. Alan <laughs> Basal. I want to do it much better, do it with him. Because he's highly favored. And this is something out of the blues. Be careful with whom you invest. Are you ready for this? The seed has been sown. And everything God has given you. There is nothing that God has kept back from you. If that is the case, then all the claims that Jesus makes, I will spend the rest of my life on behalf of humanity disproving him but because I know that all the claims that Jesus has made is true I spend the rest of my life on his behalf you with me if all the promises of God are not yes and amen in him then I'll spend the rest of my life on behalf of humanity disproving this world but because all the promises are yes and amen in him, the rest of my life is committed to show the people his will is true. Yes. Come on. 
This is the commitment we make, dear ones. This is the surrender we make. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender. Why? Because he's worthy of it. And that which is promised, he will make it come to pass.